located in our afterlife. Brian Clark is the artist. Brian Clark, often described as the rock star of stained glass. You don't need me to Google Brian Clark and rock star, I'm sure enough of that. <laughs> Paul McCarthy is a devoted fan of his work. The controversial artist Francis Bacon, not to be confused with the 16th century philosopher, <laughs> asked Brian Clark to take responsibility for the state. Brian Clark's much loved by architects, partly because of his own architectural training, and partly because he worked hard to harmonise art with buildings. He was the bad boy of stained glass who took stained glass out of churches and into conference centres and shopping malls. And he's truly global in his reach. His works found in the first global settings from the Pyramid of Peace in Pakistan, the Pfizer Building in Manhattan, it's found in the Holocaust Memorial, it's found in countries as diverse as Germany, Brazil, Saudi Arabia, and now Alexandria, Virginia. And so we have these windows. In the north transept, we have the famous Brian Clark oak leaves. The other, according to the 2004 vote of Congress, is America's national tree. It's a symbol of strength, of eternity, and light. But this chapel is especially poignant. Those leaves combined with the wood in this wall, which came from the oak trees that stood on the site that had to come down to build the chapel. The oak tree is magisterial, and in those leaves we see creation. We're reminded to see the work of the Father, the Genesis, the creator of all that is. Hovering over the rest Except right above the fonts, we have the dove. There's a cinematic feel to the image. This is the Holy Spirit in motion. And it's lessons that the iconic words going into the world and preaching the gospel. It's the Holy Spirit of movement, of agency, and of power. We've been drawn into a dance. We have places to go and things to do. We have to get on board with the Spirit. And then finally, we come to the most abstract of the three. And at this point, you want to take your bulletin and glance at the image of nestled in the right hand corner. It is an issue of making first. It's the first example of transillumination. Now that's probably a term for medicine, where the transmission of light brings illumination. So here we are, we're in an Episcopal Seminary, connected to the Anglican Communion, with an obligation to preach the gospel. And we have in this window the good news of the light of Christ, <coughs> the Son, as captured in the parable of the Son that comes to us through Canterbury Cathedral in its distinctive angry form to the United States. So why is all that found in this window? 
Like it's night. <laughs> On a rare sunny day in England, Cambridge Cathedral is a blaze of colour because the sunlight is shining through the stained glass windows, casting the images of those windows on the floor of the cathedral. The light is refracted onto the ground. What Brown Carter did is the image created by this light of the power of the sun has been captured in this window. It's an image from the cathedral as refracted onto the ground that captures the work of the sun all in The readers of Matthew's Gospel were all too aware of the challenge of the kingdom. As the message of God's rule of love and justice is shared, the result is very, very. We are constantly trusting that the seed will land in its will. And thanks to the miracle of grace, the kingdom message has resonated down the ages. The light of Christ has shone brightly. The message of the call, invitation, and challenge of the kingdom is present in this place. From the parable told by Jesus to the medieval artists who created the stained glass window of the Canterbury Cathedral, to a seminary in the United States that receives the message of fresh in our window in our South Africa. It is our challenge, it is our invitation, it is our turn to take the light of Christ that comes by Canterbury to the rest of the world. All this in the window in the south transcend. God gave Ezekiel a vision. This was a vision of hope amid the hopelessness of his time. And as we struggle against what often seems overwhelming sociological and secular, secularizing forces of resistance, may this chapel be our vision of hope. And may these windows constantly remind us of the obligation and gift of this moment, which is simply this to preach the Christ of the triune God to a world that needs the invitation and promise of love.